Are you asking what your marriage can do for you? Well, it's time to start asking what can you do for your marriage? Hey all you husbands and wives out there, this is Anna Hafen, your host and creator of They Chose Love. I am so glad you found your way to us. Here, we'll discuss how strong marriages can become even stronger, how committed couples can get the spark back in their relationship, and how you can start feeling more like a couple again, when maybe you've been feeling more like roommates. It doesn't matter where you are today in your marriage, this is your journey to create the marriage of your dreams. Are you ready to start? It all begins with you. Welcome to They Chose Love. All right, welcome to episode four. And I was listening to my last episode and I said that last time, but this is the real episode four. I was lying on that one. But I am just so excited for today's episode. There's a few reasons. First off, this is my first interview and I'm just really, really excited. Uh, My husband says I ask people like way too many questions. So I just feel like I was born for this. I'm like ready and... That's what we're going to be doing today. The second reason I'm so excited is because I'm interviewing Kevin and Nikki Kirk. And Kevin and Nikki are just one of my favorite couples. I just love them. Nikki's a good friend of mine here in Richfield. And a little background on them before we start. Each interview I'm going to do is going to kind of focus on a couple and something unique they've gone through. And today I'm going to focus on the Kirks going through residency. Kevin's a successful eye surgeon now. And so we're just going to talk about how they crushed residency and how they stayed married through it. So without further ado, Kevin and Nikki. Hi, you guys. Hey. How are you? Anna. That was a good interview. I'll take it. Okay. How's it going? (laughs) We're doing good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for talking with me. I appreciate it. You bet. Okay, let's jump right in. So tell me more about you guys. Tell me like how you've met, how long you've been married, stuff like that. We've been married for 12 years. Almost 12 years. Almost 12 years on May 3rd. And we met our first day of freshman year. It was my second day. I already scoped out all the other girls <laughs> I had a chance to pick you picked a I good took, one I, man. Scooped, I scooped her up before she could look around too much that's right she was probably going to be gone in a hot second my goodness no, took care of that. no. <laughs> so we were at southern utah university and we lived in the same housing like right next door and i met him out on the volleyball courts yeah we lived in uh, manzanita they don't exist anymore I remember those. We went there for soccer camp, and they smelled real weird. Yeah, they, they <laughs> I totally remember that. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> did you know right when you met that you, like, had a connection? Maybe not, like, love at first sight, but... Um, when I first met Nikki, so the story that I always like to tell people is, like, it was, like, Nikki and then about 10 guys hanging out in this, like, ping pong <laughs> commons room, and everybody had their A game out, was being funny, trying to, like, get Nikki's attention, <laughs> and at first I was participating, but it was like, man, there were so many voices in the crowd. 
And then I found out Nikki liked writing courses and I was kind of like, everybody can just leave. I got this now. It's my realm. <laughs> yes, might as well quit trying. Yeah. And you had her after that. To... That's right. That's, That's right. awesome. Okay, what about where you guys have lived? Tell me a little about that since you've been married. So we met in Cedar City and then got married there and lived in Cedar City for two years. And then we moved up to Salt Lake for medical school. And we lived at the student housing at the University of Utah for four years. And then we went to um, intern year. All of the like subspecialties, like ophthalmology, radiology, you have to do a year of general medicine. And so we did our year of general medicine in Indiana. And then from Indiana, we went to Rochester, New York, and did three years for our ophthalmology residency. And now, and then we took our job in Richfield, and we've been here for about a year and a half. We met our freshman year in college, but I, I did have like, so we dated that year when we were 18. We didn't get married until after my mission. And so it was, you know, three, four years, three years. Four later. years, four years. Mm-hmm. Four years. Because we dated a year before his mission, and then his two years of his mission, and then we dated about a year after his mission. Then I had a sugar mama for about a year or two there because she was done. She did elementary education and made money while I was trying to, I was making like minimum wage as a tutor trying to get to medical school. Oh, that's so. awesome. That's how we, that's how we spent some time there. I've never asked you this. Did you guys know as you were dating that this was your career path? Yeah, Nikki made me do this. I was just going to be a bush <laughs> pilot in Alaska. But she thought it didn't make enough money, so she decided I had to do oh, this. Oh, you're such a jerk, Nikki. Oh my gosh. I know. It was really hard. It was hard on me, but no, I was just going to hunt, live the life of a pilot in Alaska. Before his mission, he – so his dad's an optometrist. And so, like, before his mission, he always thought that he would do, like, dental or optometry or – Something like that. And then on his mission, he just felt really strongly that he just wanted to be a MD doctor. Yeah, that's awesome. So for those who don't know, and I'm one of them, really, like, what's the process of residency and med school and all that? What's it like? Um, you apply to med school. You know, they at the time, it feels like they're, like, milking you dry because you're spending all this money trying to apply interviewed all these places and then you get into med school. So every place you send your application, it costs a certain amount of money. And then they decide whether or not they even want to interview you. And then you get your flight out to those interviews yourself. Like you cover it all yourself. And then, um, and when you're just an undergrad, it seems like so so much money, but then you don't realize it's just like a drop in the bucket for what they're going to bleed you for. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. So then you interview and you find out where you got into And so we initially thought we were going to be going to Pennsylvania and we put in a deposit, a really expensive deposit, especially for us back then. And then later on, we found out we got into the University of Utah. And so we just had to swallow that deposit in Pennsylvania and put in a new deposit at University of Utah Med School. And so that's where we ended up going. And so then you apply to residencies. So we applied to how many residencies? Like 50? Yeah, 50 ish. 50 residencies for ophthalmology. And, um, and he went to, let's see, like 12, 13 interviews. And then what happens is called the match. So all of the residencies take the people they interviewed for their ophthalmology program and they rank them. Then you take the 12 places in our case, 12 places we interviewed at and we rank them from highest to lowest. So our very favorite to our least favorite. Um, and then a computer puts you together. And then a computer puts you together based on like where you guys match up oh. with your. Ring. 
weeks. And so then they have match day and everyone that is um, graduating medical school goes to match day and you all open your letters from the residencies that tell you where you matched at. We matched, so you, we matched in two different places. Like we said, we had to do our intern year in Indiana and then we matched in Rochester, New York. Ophthalmology is a good fill, but it's still, it was still pretty labor intensive. You're pretty busy. Um, you know, you work pretty much 80 hours, 80 hour weeks. Those are what work restrictions set you at. I don't think I always hit 80 hour weeks, but we had a pretty busy program. And I think pretty consistently 60 plus hours, I'd say. And so it was like 80 hours of clinic, but then like he would be required to be on call like one day a week and then two weekends a month. It was different every year because your call schedule got better each year mm-hmm. you were in the program. So your third year, you got to spend a lot of time doing surgery and you didn't have to do as much on call. And so, but anyways, he'd have to do like one call night a week and two weekends a month. And like, he wouldn't be home. Like we wouldn't see him that whole night of that weeknight. And then he'd have to still go into clinic the next oh morning. Gosh, wow. And same with the weekends. Like he, it was a really, it was Rochester. So it was about the size of Salt Lake City. And so they had a really busy emergency room. Um, and so he would be gone like the whole weekend and it wasn't like he was sleeping at the hospital. He would come home to sleep, but he would be he working, working all night solid. a lot of times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he'd have to go to work on Monday and work from eight to five or eight to six or seven or eight, just depending on how his schedule was that day. And then he could come home and finally sleep. Oh my gosh. I mean, so like, we're talking a lot about the medical thing too, but like to give Nikki some props too, like we had our first kid like a month before medical school started and we just had kids every two years, like crazy people. And we had our second kid like two months before I took step one, the biggest test of my life. And then we had our our third kid two months before we moved to residency across the country. And then it was like, it just kind of was like one thing after the next every year. Every time we had a kid, it seemed like we were doing it the and worst And our fourth possible. kid we had in our first year of ophthalmology residency, which was really. Which is real time intense. Because it's like all of a sudden, like, I mean, all of it was big and real, but like all of a sudden this was what he was going to be doing for the rest of his life. And so he needed to make sure he got this crap down right. or else we'd be in trouble. And then we had our fifth, um, four weeks after we started. Got done. Yeah, yeah. Got done. So we moved, we moved out from New York to Rochester, from Rochester, New York to Richfield, Utah. When I was 36 weeks pregnant. Oh my pregnant. gosh. You guys know how to time them. I know <laughs> we're terrible. <laughs> There's never a good time. Right? I know. Right. Hey, so Kevin, you're like so focused in residency and getting all these tests studied for. And Nikki, you just have kids like running everywhere. Like you both have so much going on. How did you find ways in your marriage to connect to each other? Like with all these super intensive things you both had to focus on. Um, we, we still went on dates quite a bit. We had people in the ward would date the babysit for us and we'd go on dates i don't think we went weekly even close but we probably went at least once or twice a month mm-hmm. on a date um i mean honestly we didn't sleep a lot we hung out at night when i'd get home really late at night yeah um, we always like we had a neighbor who had kids too and so we'd just switch with them and so we really did get regular date nights because of that and then also like he'd never studied on Sunday like that was a goal we set going into medical school that he would never study on Sunday that like totally blessed our family's lives because it was like Sunday he felt freer we just all felt free and we were able to just spend some good quality time as a family and couple um on Sundays and then also another goal we set before we started was that he would be home for dinner time and he like 
I could count on like maybe two hands, maybe one hand, the amount of times he missed dinner. And so I just think being able to have like those specific times in the week and in the days that we connected and knew that we we would spend time together mm-hmm. were really important for us. That's family. something I love about you guys. You're super intentional about making time for each other because it's never easy, like whatever your schedule is, you know, and you guys are really uh-huh. good at that. So, well, thank yeah. you. Okay, I love asking people what's their favorite marriage advice. Do you guys have a favorite piece of marriage advice you've been given? I think go to bed mad. <laughs> I think it's I always better to just talk things out in the morning than try to hash it out at night when we're both tired. Yes. Like it just never ends well. And I don't sleep well when we go to bed mad, but like I just think it's better than trying to like work something out when I'm tired, especially I'm not very reasonable. <laughs> I totally agree. I just think that never works. We'd be up till like six in the morning still screaming at each other. It's crazy. Yeah. And you're just not thinking straight. Yeah, yeah for sure. I love that. That's so funny. Okay. What do you say? <laughs> yeah. I want oh, to hear heard another one that you're supposed to have like an indoor activity and an outdoor activity that you can practice throughout your life that you can have throughout your life. And so he always jokes about our indoor activity, but we're still trying to figure out our outdoor activity. Well, you do have Maybe five tennis. kids. You guys have mastered your indoor activity. <laughs> this is getting awkward. Um, definitely. Definitely. I just hanging out together. We spend a lot of time together. And Nikki's good about that. You know, like we'd always kind of, be like a whirlwind running in for dinner type thing or running here and there to catch church or whatever with the mm-hmm. kids and i mean like a lot of times i'd be rushing to church to be there but all of my kids were dressed for church and at church because nikki got them to mm-hmm. church you know so it was kind of like i mean it was good we just had it just worked and made it work for us and it was fine that's awesome okay so i have one more question um be- before i ask it so the name of this podcast i named it they chose love And I wanted to name it something that has to do with choice because I just feel like marriage and love, like, I don't feel like they just happen. Like they have to be a constant decision you make. So in your marriage, how do you guys choose love? Um, I think we both choose to just ignore dumb things. The other one says if there's like, I don't know. I think sometimes we just choose to, be okay with something that someone says or doesn't say or whatever, just trying to be understanding. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. it happens on both sides. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I love the name of your podcast, but I think that's so true. Like Kevin and I, like we have no reason not to have the happiest marriage. Like starting out, we had a really fun dating and we really clicked really well. And we've always been very attracted to one another. And we've always had a lot of commonalities. We share the same religion we we have a lot of things in our marriage that line up perfectly our family we were raised very similarly like we have a lot of commonalities that has has blessed us in our marriage but at the end of the day even with all of those commonalities you still have to decide if this is what you want to commit yourself to if you want to try to keep the peace if you want to try to nurture this relationship and make it stronger and make it last and um (laughs) and help your kids out and our our oldest son is goofing off next to us um but so I just think like that's well named and I think that's true in any relationship that eventually you all will get to the point where you have to decide if that's what you want and you have to make that decision sometimes daily 
sometimes weekly, sometimes it's really easy. And all of a sudden you've gone through months and it's just been smooth sailing, but there for sure is always hard times in marriages. And so you've got to make that decision in advance before the hard times hit. that'll wrap up my interview with Kevin and Nikki Kirk. How great are they, you guys? I loved interviewing them, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening. The main thing I got from that interview is life is hard, life is unpredictable, and there's always new challenges coming, but you have to be intentional about your marriage. It's never going to be smooth sailing. You have to work at it. You have to plan time with each other, and you can get through whatever comes. For more daily marriage tips, date night ideas, and couple spotlights, jump on the Instagram and follow me at they.chose.love. Thanks for listening.